Welcome to the Self-Awareness and Self-Compassion Podcast, formerly known as the Full Spectrum Feeling Podcast. I'm your host, Blaise Schwaller, life coach, mom, and former tattoo artist. I help people heal their past, speak their truth, and love the lives that they're living now. Join me here every week for conversations on how to live an imperfect but fully engaged life that embraces all the feels so that you can stretch into your best life while enjoying the you that's here right now. Hello, my lovelies, and welcome back to the Full Spectrum Feeling Podcast. I just recently read that phrase, women who run with wolves, and I wanted to explore that and this idea of wildness that we have within ourselves and what that even means today as a modern human, as a modern woman, and as just a person alive in the world. And the question that I have is, do we even consider ourselves to be part of the world at large, or do we think that we're something separate? Because when we bring up this concept of wildness, it's like we don't think that we are wild. And isn't that interesting? Because when we look at, you know, our pet dog, our pet cat, the birds outside, it's like we believe that they have something that we don't have. And that thing is wildness, that thing we think of it as they have these wild instincts, and we always have that preface of wild in our mind. And there's something kind of magical and mystical about it that we're not really clear on. But we have this sense that it's really powerful, that there's something really intense and neat and untouchable about this wildness. And I think that it's something that we humans crave and that we wish that we had more contact with that part of ourselves. And I think we also have a conflict going on in our minds and our hearts about wildness, because if we think that we want more of it, we also criticize ourselves when we have some of those qualities. So if the quality of wildness is an ability to just go with the flow and be, there's a part of us who's like, oh, heck no, you don't get to just go with the flow and be like, you have to do something, you have to be productive. We also think of wildness as this unbridled power. There's this force of nature, right? So like a bear is something to be reckoned with and they're wild and we can't predict what they're going to do. And these are qualities that within ourselves and within other humans, we're like, oh shit, if I can't predict what someone's going to do, that's really scary. And it's maybe a power that I don't want other humans to have. And maybe I don't even trust myself with this own power of unpredictability of being able to just randomly choose something or break out of a cycle and do something different. So it's fascinating to me that we both really want this sense of freedom, this sense of wildness, but we also want to protect ourselves from it, that we want to protect ourselves from the unpredictability, from having too much power or possibly hurting ourselves or others. And what it really comes to in my mind is that we actually have a great deal of rules about what it means to be a good person, that we have judgment on it. We judge what it means to be a good person versus just a person. And we all want to be good people. We don't want to just be people. And we definitely don't want to be bad people. And how do we reconcile all of this? And I think that there's this part inside of myself anyway, that gets really sad and that wants to be able to access 
all of the parts, all of the things that maybe I don't get to do on an average day in my modern life. So just today I was thinking, God, you know, I just really want to go outside and lay in the grass and stare at the sky and it's raining and I kind of just want the rain to fall on my face and I want to just lay there in a sopping cold heap on the ground because that feels like something I want to do. But immediately my mind goes in and is judgy about it. <laughs> and It's like, what, what kind of an idiot wants to go out and sit in the rain as a cold lump, like a cold, rainy, soggy lump in the middle of your yard? What will your neighbors think? That's a thought. What will your family think? There's also the, you have responsibilities and you should be using this time productively. Like this is your work day. You should be working. Um, and what does it mean if you're going to spend that time laying outside in the yard instead of recording podcasts or writing articles or talking to clients, like all of those other things that need to get done? How dare I? But I also think of like my cat. If my cat wants to go lay in a sunbeam, she'll just find a sunbeam and it doesn't matter to her if it's like right on the staircase, right where we're all just going to crush her. And she's like, well, this, this is where it's nice. So this is where I'm laying. And part of me is like intensely jealous of this cat. I'm like, I can't believe that you just get to lay there wherever you want, whenever you want, for as long as you want. And you trust that I'm not just going to step on you and crush you. Like you just look up at me like, yeah, yeah, I'm here. Don't step on me. And I always am nice and I go around her and so does everybody else. <laughs> it makes me think, goodness, am I allowed to just find a sunbeam and lay in it just because I think that sounds kind of nice and I think it would feel nice on my back to stretch out in that way? And why don't I do it? And how often do you think of things like that that you just would really like to do? Because it's it's often these little tiny impulses that are the ones that we squash because we think they're too ridiculous or, you know, only two-year-olds get to do that. And I see how we edit it out of our behavior system because we don't see anyone else just enjoying being wild, enjoying having this body, enjoying being alive. So my daughter will still, you know, run around and flip upside down and hang off of things and be like, look what I can do. And it's amazing. But I don't do that anymore. And the excuses start to now come into my head like, oh, well, you're older. You don't want to crush your spine. You're not that flexible anymore. And I'm like, well, you know, I'm not that flexible anymore because I stopped doing it. It's not because I can't or innately at this age, I can't do these things. That's not true. The truth is that I could do them. I just am not doing them. And it's easier for me to say, oh, well, it's just not, it's not in your repertoire anymore. You're not capable of that than to recognize that it's a choice that I'm making and that if I wanted to, I could just go out and roll down the hill because that sounds like so much fun to do. And I'm telling you now, I'm kind of like, man, I'm going to go out and lay in a pile in my yard and get all soggy and regret my decision because I know it's going to be kind of gross and there's ants and bugs out there and it's pollen season and I'll probably come in and need even more Claritin so that the itching just stops. But I don't care because part of me wants to test, can I access that part of my nature? And what are the other things that I think that a wild person, a wild woman, a wild human would do that I'm not doing? So let's ask that question. Do you have any ideas about what someone who's like fully embodying what it means to be human in this ideal sense that doesn't exist, what would they do that we're not doing? 
And the first thing that comes into my mind is just like running with glee in the sunshine outside, like throwing books and phones and whatever away from yourself, like, haha, I don't have to do it anymore. <laughs> and it's like liberation from all of these things that we force ourselves to do. So I think the wild part of my spirit right now is the part that just wants to kick off all of this made up responsibility and all of this excess stuff that fills up my time. It's the part of me that recognizes how ridiculous it is that we have to wear like so many layers of clothes, not just to keep warm, but for style, you know, and thinks to do that even when it isn't fun. It's the part of me that recognizes that having, you know, a computer with me 24 seven is probably not not only is it not healthy, it's not useful. It's not actually doing anything for me. I can't eat my cell phone and staring at it and thumbing through, you know, Instagram and checking my messages 5,000 times a day really gets me nowhere. But what does is skipping with glee over the hill and enjoying that, you know, when I'm out there, I could be barefoot. Oh my God. Can you imagine just peeling off your socks and putting your toes in the grass and feeling the ground beneath you? And connecting with that moment in that space to actually feel what it's like to be in your body and not just think about what it means. I think there's some jealousy there too, right? That there's animals and all the other creatures out there, as far as we can tell, aren't sitting there contemplating their existence. They're just existing. And I think we're jealous of that. Like, when do we get to just exist? and not be burdened with the thought of what we have to do or we think someone else needs us to do in order to be okay. I think maybe the social animals have more concerns because they actually do care about what the other animals in their circle think. Like if you're part of a society, obviously you care about what that society thinks of you. Otherwise you get kicked out and then it's harder to live. We don't like that. We like friends. We like our family. We want to feel supported and safe but I think it's a lot less complicated. I think that animals as a general rule, you know, they're interested in their actual interactions with each other. They're not so worried about what they look like if they're doing something. I mean, how often do we laugh at like stupid animal videos or we call them stupid animal videos because they're doing something ridiculous and we think it's funny. But again, I go back to that feeling of just like, oh, I kind of want to do that. What would it be like if I could just stare at something however I wanted or get into whatever position I wanted to look at something and I gave zero fucks about what anyone thought looking at me? Am I brave enough to do that? And if I saw someone else doing that, can I not judge them immediately as a crazy person or could I just look at them and go, wow, they're just like really in that moment doing their thing and I'm proud of them. And I know that there's a part of me that's going to judge and it's frustrating to me and I'm amused by it because even contemplating like, what if I saw someone else doing these things that I want to do? If I walked down the road and I just saw someone rolling in their yard or just laying in the rain, would I be afraid for them? Would I be scared for them? Would I be worried like they got hurt? Would I try to help them or would I admire what they're doing? And I guess I don't really know because it's not something that I see very often. And I think that's the crux of it is that I don't see very often most of us breaking out of the very narrow paths that we've, you know, been used to walking on. 
most of us have these routines that we build and they've just built up over the course of our lifetime. So we've become so tamed in what's expected of us, what we expect of ourselves that, you know, we have alarm clocks. There's no other creature that has an alarm clock. Like they just, they get up when they're ready to get up. They go to sleep when they're ready to go to sleep. They do what they're going to do. And yet we somehow think we can't do that. It's cool because you can, I've, I've gotten up without an alarm clock for many, many years now. And it's interesting because if I think I have something really early, I'll psych myself out about it now where I didn't used to have to, I used to just trust like, well, you know, you're going to be up by seven. So you're fine. So if you schedule stuff after seven, you're okay. But now if I schedule something for eight o'clock, I'm like, Oh God, what if that's the one day you sleep in? So I, I think we obsess, we get in our minds about what could happen or how we're going to sabotage ourselves. And then we sabotage ourselves because that is the power of our mind and our emotions to do things. It's craziness. But anyway, you know, we get up, we have our alarm go off, we have our routine, we're going to get up, we're going to get dressed, we have to take a shower, brush our teeth, make the breakfast, you know, go to school, go to work, go wherever we're going to go, clean the house. And we do it typically pretty much the same every day. It's like we want to turn off our brain because we don't want to think about what we're doing. Like, oh God, we're off to do this again. And that's another thing too that comes up when I think of wildness is that I don't know of any wild creature that seems to lament what it's out there doing every day. It does it. It's in it. It's not um, agonizing over anything. It's not overanalyzing anything. It's really, it's just not caught up in its brain about it, even if it is using its brain to do an activity. Like certainly if you watch an animal stalking something else, it's thinking, it's trying to figure out the best way to do stuff but it really is present in that moment. And so much of my human life, my human existence is just stuck in rumination in thinking about what I would do. And some of it's fun. I'm going to admit, like I'll raise my hand and say, it's really, really cool that I can do this because I can imagine really amazing things and I can be taken in by fantasy, right? Like we're also the creature that watches TV, that watches movies, that can listen to a podcast like this and actually get something out of it and feel like you're going on a ride. So that's pretty awesome. I don't want to give that up. And I also want to be able to not think that it's giving in to an impulse to just follow an impulse. Like even the way that we talk about following our own instincts is all about giving up our language about it is like we've given up on being civil, we've given up on being human in order to, I don't know, to do what? In order to be perceived as more civil? Why are we doing it? If we talk about doing something fun or even something dangerous, like, oh, they gave in to their baser instincts and they had the brownie, like, <laughs> can we see how ridiculous that is? It's just fascinating. And when we want to escape, most of the time, actually, this I want to talk about most of the time when we want to escape from our lives, like we even talk about it as trying to escape, like we're tired, we need a break, we need a vacation. We're the only creature that seems to need this. And I think it's because we've built in so many traps so many lines that come down and say, not this way, not this way, don't do that. 
that if we actually do something that's outside of it, we talk about it as breaking the rules. We're giving in to an instinct. We're giving up on ourselves. And so we feel that way about it because the language about it is about giving up and giving in and having to be sneaky or like you're getting away with something. It's not celebrated. It's not just a neutral kind of an expression. And that's also really interesting. So what would it mean to be more wild, to connect with that inner nature that we all have? And instead of, you know, smacking it around and telling it, no, 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 all the time, or trying to figure out how to indulge it. And that, that again, I feel like when we say indulge, there's almost a negative connotation to it. Like, well, I guess I'll let you indulge in this, but don't, don't do it all the time. Then you'd be gluttonous. (laughs) And you know, like my cat has no concept for that. Like it's not indulging for her to eat. She'll just eat as much as she's given. And she feels zero guilt about that. And she's enjoying her furry fat little life. And it's great. But if I want to also eat all the brownies, that would be too much indulgence. So it's it's interesting. I don't know why I'm using that particular comparison. I think it's because I made brownies and I recently was feeding my cat. Anyway, moving on. What would it be like to follow through on an instinct and just notice in our head the judgment that comes up around it? And I'm not saying like follow the instinct to murder someone. Like that's absolutely never something that I would say do. There's a lot of things that are urges. Like I just want to yell or scream or pitch a fit. And why don't I? But what's interesting is to just follow the thoughts in your head and notice your judgment of the energy that's coming up. Because the energy, I think, is really informative and it's telling us what our real instinct is as a being. Like if we were actually a dog or a horse or a tiger in this situation, you would know what that creature would be doing. And usually it's different from what we're choosing to do. And then we have to choose, like, do we like that or do we not? Because I guess, huh, it's funny, I'm coming around now. I'm like, I guess there's a reason that we choose civilization. Like we, we don't like the unpredictability. We don't want everyone to turn into a tiger and become murderous and just hit us because they're angry that we said something. But it is true that all of us feel the wildness, feel the instinct come up when someone says something that makes us mad. Like we want to punch them in the face. We know that we're not supposed to, but the wild creature wants to. So I guess there's a lot to be said for noticing that coming up and then figuring out as the civilized person, how can you let that wildness have a a place of expression? Where can you let it run free? So I guess for many of us, it's like, oh, going to the gym, having a physical outlet somewhere to punch and kick and scream and let that energy move. Because if you deny it all the time, then we just become these little locked tight nuggets of human beings that are miserable and sad and honestly ready to implode at any minute. Nobody wants that either. So how can we embrace our wildness? How can we enjoy our sense of ourselves as embodied beings that are allowed to enjoy that, that are allowed to lay down, to stretch, to move in a way that's maybe unusual that you haven't done in a while, to laugh over something silly, to take a position, to look at something that's just ridiculous, to just stand upside down or like put your legs in a, like a triangle and look between your legs and look up at the tree instead of looking at it the way you normally do just to see how it looks different 
and enjoy yourself like that and be fascinated and find that sense of wonder. And I think wonderment is such a lovely, wild thing that we all have and that we can choose to reconnect to. Ah, those are my thoughts about wildness for today. I would love to hear from you about what you think being wild, what's, what's really in our wild nature. What does it mean to connect with that inner instinct and how can you honor it without becoming a complete loose cannon without, um, extricating yourself from society, but still allow that delicious sense of being and desire to rise and to have an outlet. I would love to hear from you. Please send me a message anytime at blaze at blazeschwaller.com. I would love to hear your thoughts. Have a wonderful week and I'll see you next time. Thanks so much for joining me. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and share it with someone you love and leave us a review. You can learn more and get some self-compassion tips and tricks by visiting coachwithblaze.com, where you can sign up to get my free booklet on overcoming anxiety, overwhelm, exhaustion, and burnout. I'm sending you so much appreciation and love, and I'll see you next time.